is Senator Ron Johnson. I'm guessing from Washington, D.C. this morning to talk with us on a variety of topics. Uh, Inflation, the supply chain, the latest with COVID. Maybe we'll talk a little about what's going on in Russia or the Mexican border. And, of course, if we have a moment, did you watch any Olympics? Our guest on Lacrosse Talk, Senator Ron Johnson. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Hope you're doing well. I am, sir. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's get right to it. Uh, inflation. Who's to blame for inflation? I heard uh, last week from listeners that it is a global issue and has much less to do with uh, leadership in the United States. What's your take? Well, of course, that's what the legacy media and big tech social media giants would have you believe. They installed uh President Biden in uh, the presidency, a guy who campaigned from his basement, uh, sloughed himself off as some kind of moderate. He's governing as a radical. And as a result, he's engaged in all this deficit spending. Uh, We passed a $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill, 100% partisan basis, when we had more than a trillion dollars left over from the previous $4 trillion of COVID relief. It was probably uh, over-appropriate as well. So, no, in, inflation is pretty easy to understand what causes it. It's too many dollars chasing too few goods. And part of that $1.9 trillion, of course, that money is being spent providing benefits to people. It makes it a lot easier for them to sit on the sidelines. So, you know, certainly around Wisconsin, the biggest complaint I hear from employers is they can't find people to hire. They, they can't produce all the goods they would need to produce they can't fill up the shifts because there aren't people to hire well and yeah it makes it interesting that the government is handing out all this money but there are no products to buy and there are no products to buy because the government's handing out all this money and people don't need to work precisely so they're printing all these dollars you have too many dollars chasing too few goods and we have fewer goods because the government's paying people uh, not to work. Okay, so yeah, it's a double whammy. The government, the government is exacerbating this. So yeah, it's the government's fault. It's right. The Biden administration's fault. And by the way, even though President Biden said he he would never raise taxes on the middle class, inflation is the Democrat tax on the middle class. We're at seven percent. It's a forty-year high. Uh, this didn't have to happen. This was I predicted this last year. When they were passed that $1.9 trillion COVID relief package, I said, we're creating a witch's brew of all the ingredients for stagflation. Uh, I, I hope that's not, I mean, this was an incredibly difficult cycle to break. Wages are increasing. That's great. But then they're being wiped out by inflation. So people demand higher wages. Prices increase again. That's the wage inflation cycle that I think we're in right now. It's not, it's not transitory. It's not temporary. I'm afraid it's endemic. It's got a really bad feel to it, but it was caused by Democrat governance. This is the Democrat policies of deficit spending, paying people benefits, making it easy for them not to uh, enter the workforce, exacerbates the problem. Well, and and that kind of wraps up the uh, supply chain issue as well with fewer people working, although they're doing something because the job numbers increased substantially in the most recent report. What kind of jobs are those people uh, participating in, not manufacturing, I guess? Well, first of all, it's kind of a misnomer to say we're creating jobs. There are 10 or 11 million jobs open right now. 
And so uh, from my standpoint, a more accurate description is jobs being filled. And we need, we need a lot more jobs being filled. Again, I, I just, I'm just disagreeing with that uh, uh, nomenclature here that we're creating these jobs. No, the jobs are there. But they're, they're, they're left open. So we, we need to encourage people to start taking the jobs so we can start producing the goods so we have more goods, so we don't have empty shelves in our grocery store. Like, I'm 66 years old. I've never in my entire life gone to grocery store and seen blank spots where, where there's just there aren't goods there. I mean, that's, that's what I thought was, you know, that was Soviet Union stuff. That's not here in America, and yet we're seeing that on our, on our grocery store shelves. And do you anticipate or see a time when that will change, when the supply chain uh, will not be so far behind the uh, supply requests from customers? Well, when, when people get off the sidelines and we have a higher labor participation rate, uh, that should relieve it. But as, as long as we continue all these government benefits and people are sitting on the sidelines, uh, you know, you know we're, we are in a global economy. There are other issues with the supply chain, uh, you know, component parts that aren't available. But, uh, you know, I talk to manufacturers. They're on allocation for the raw materials. The prices are increasing. It's so bad that people don't even know what the price is going to be of some of the components they're buying until they get them in. Again, I, I was in business for 30 years. I started during the Carter stagflation when price increases were expected and accepted. And for 30 years, it was like pulling teeth to get a price increase. We're back to the same mentality that price increases are expected and they're being accepted. And, again, that hurts the very people Democrats purport to want to help. Seniors on fixed income, people at the lower end of the income spectrum. Trust me, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, they're not hurt by inflation. They're benefiting from these shutdowns. It's kind of the dirty little secret of, of all these COVID shutdowns. Big tech companies are doing quite well, which may be one of the reasons they're censoring a second opinion. Right. Oh, and I got a question from a, a listener. What's wrong with higher wages to allow for people to afford homes and to feed their kids and live comfortably? Higher wages are great. They're great, but they're not very good when they're being wiped out by inflation. And that's what's happening. So wages increased, I think, a little more than 5%. Inflation increased 7%. So people, you, it, may, it may feel good to get a bigger paycheck, but when you realize that that paycheck can't buy the same number of goods as it could before you got the price increase, that's that's the problem. Is inflation is wiping out the wage increases? Well, it certainly uh, is evident when you uh, if you pay attention at the grocery store, and that's that's something that I do. Let's talk a little about COVID. Uh, people continue to wonder about whose science will take over. Will be. Uh, at the top of the decision-making process, because as you've heard more than most people, if if masks work, if uh, vaccinations work, if boosters work, why aren't they working? And the answer I hear more often than not is, well, they are working. Anybody that gets COVID has a much uh, lesser chance of being seriously ill or going to the hospital or dying. So, yeah, it's working, and the reason that the uh, pandemic continues is because of all you people over there that are not getting vaccinated. Well, I held an event on the 24th in Washington, D.C. We called it COVID-19, a second opinion, and they were eminently qualified doctors, medical researchers, academicians that just have a different take on this. And I don't see how anybody can take a look at over 900,000 deaths the human toll, the economic devastation, what we've done to our children, and say our response 
to COVID was a success. You know, it was a miserable failure. I, I have no idea why anybody would keep listening to the Fauci's of the world, the COVID gods, the legacy media, and the social media that suppressed early treatment that could have literally saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Uh, we sabotaged early treatment. We didn't robustly research and explore it as we should have. So, no, I mean, you know, Mike, if I'm going to go get a second opinion on a serious medical condition, actually, my first opinion is going to go to a doctor who's actually treating the illness, not some bureaucrat in the ivory tower or in his, or in his federal office building. I'm going to go to doctors who actually have the courage and compassion to treat COVID. That's what I, That's the types of people I brought in on the 24th. There have been over 2 million views of the full five-hour event on Rumble. We have a 38-minute uh, highlight reel that's had over a million views on YouTube. Uh, I'd ask your listeners, go, go check it out on my Rumble page or my YouTube page. Uh, their eyes will be opened. On the Crosstalk on WIZM, I'm Mike Hayes. Our guest, Senator Ron Johnson. We've been talking about, uh, 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 well, a bunch of different topics. Uh, uh, from uh, a listener, Silver Mitch. Mike, let's talk about the uh, tourists that walked into the Capitol on January 6th. Easy question, fair and balanced. The old Mike, uh, that's that's uh, Silver Mitch making sure that I ask you a, a, a difficult question because uh, a couple of Republicans have recently been censured for their participation in the January 6th uh, a riot, call it whatever you will. Uh, there has been a whole lot less conversation about who those people are that are swinging posts. Everybody uh, simply assumes, I guess, that they are Trump supporters and they are rabid uh, conservatives who want to take over this country by gun if or knife if necessary. Not much conversation about who funded uh, anybody that went to the White House on January 6th. Well, first of all, I condemned the violence, the repugnant racial slurs the day of the, the breach. Okay, on January 6th, I condemned it forcefully. I condemned it repeatedly. But I also condemned the violence during the summer riots. Yeah. Uh, I have also spoken the truth. There weren't thousands of armed insurrectionists. There weren't. Again, I, I condemned it. I don't condone it. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is we need to condemn all violence. Our nation is far too divided. We actually do need to heal this nation. And so, you know, con- just continue to talk about one condemn- condemnable, okay, something that should be condemned, what, one riot that occurred in the, the Capitol, and forget the, the more than 2,000 law enforcement officials who were harmed during the summer riots. Kenosha burned. To, to just sweep those under the rug is not the right thing to do either. We need to move forward on areas of agreement like how do you create a more prosperous, a, a more healed society? That, that's really what my folks would like to be on. Yeah, well, there's no question that uh, that people have their own particular uh, focus and disagree with anybody who doesn't have the same focus. All right, one more from Silver Mitch. Uh, because uh, uh, Ron has his tetanus shot and his measles shot, what's the problem with getting your vaccination shot? Well, I had COVID, and now as study after study is showing, uh, natural immunity is stronger than just vaccinated immunity. Uh, again, you know, we'll, we'll continue to watch studies. Uh, we'll see how enduring the vaccine, uh, you know, protection is. We'll see how enduring natural uh, immunity is going to be. But this is part of the problem here. Uh, freedom and personal health autonomy are important concepts, and I don't believe we should mandate that anybody 
be subjected to any medical treatment. Uh, they, they shouldn't feel pressured. They shouldn't feel uh, coerced. They, they sh- certainly shouldn't fear reprisal. And these vaccine mandates are pointless. We know. We now know. You know, despite what President Biden promised us in June, if you are fully vaccinated, you can still get infected. You can still transmit the disease. So, what are the point of the mandates? I mean, it's a self-inflicted wound. We have already have a severe healthcare worker shortage. We're exacerbating it by what firing nurses that had the courage, compassion to treat COVID patients, caught COVID, got natural immunity. They don't want to take the the vaccine. Which, Mike, this is true. Nobody, nobody can tell you the long-term safety consequences of the vaccine. We can't. We just simply don't know because we didn't take the time. I'm, I'm the champion of the right to try. I absolutely believe. I was a big supporter of Operation Warp Speed. But I understand why people that have already had COVID might be reluctant to subject themselves to this experimental vaccine. It's still experimental. We won't know for years what the long-term ramifications are of this entirely new type of vaccine platform. Uh, I respect people's uh, right to make those choices, and they're difficult choices. You know, COVID's a deadly disease. Take it seriously. Get ready for it. Find a doctor who will treat it early. Do things to boost your immune system. We should have been doing all these things as opposed to only focusing on one thing, the vaccine. Our guest on the Crosstalk on WIZM, Senator Ron Johnson. Geez, with uh, 15 minutes, we still didn't get a chance to talk about Russia or the Mexican border or the Olympics. But next time, we'll try to do all of that. We don't get a chance to speak often enough. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you very much.